0: Welcome to the Humans of Triathlon Podcast. Humans of Triathlon, welcome to episode one of the Humans of Triathlon podcast, where we believe that the stories and journeys that come from the sport of triathlon and its humans are really something special, each in its own way. And we aim to bring these amazing journeys of ordinary people with extraordinary passion out for the world to hear, to not only celebrate this sport and its people, but also inspire more people to get involved in the sport, because it really is a life changer. I'm Swapnal Chauhan here with my co-host Charles Hunk and Robin Mayall, who should be joining us in a little bit as well, and our first ever guest, which is
1: very exciting.
0: Charles, how about you briefly introduce our amazing guest?
1: Sure will do. Everyone, welcome to Humans of Triathlon. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. This lady is a wife, the mother of not one, not two, not three, but four boys. She has gone through difficult health situations, including four surgeries, but this hasn't stopped this woman. She started running, then doing marathons, ultra marathons, and last year she completed Ironman Texas 2017. She's known in the spheres as Iron Will, Iron Jill. Live from Spring, Texas, please welcome Jill Kun.
2: Thanks, Hey, guys. Jill. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks guys for having me on. I'm excited to be your first guest.
0: Yep. I mean, your story is just really incredible. And we couldn't think of anyone better to have on as our first episode on our first episode. And we know you're a really busy woman. So appreciate you taking the time to be on here with us.
2: Thank you. I'm honored to be on here.
0: All right. So I've I've read and heard your story a few times. And I think the one word that always pops up into my mind to sum it up is adversity. I mean, you've been through so much adversity all your life, and you've just kept coming back again and again and again. I honestly just want to start off with your st- with your short put incident, which was back in high school or middle school, I think, if I'm not wrong. So, mm-hmm. what was that all about?
2: Yeah, I started very, very young with um having to learn how to be a survivor. I was 12, and yeah. I, I was in track, and I was at my first track meet, and I was spectating. And um, in the spectator area, someone threw the shot put and they threw it the wrong direction and it hit me in the head. Oh,
1: um,
2: yes.
0: So um, what were the consequences of that?
2: The first was um, I had a subdural hematoma, which was a blood clot on the brain they had to remove. And okay. once I was stable from that, they had to go back in and remove these skull pieces.
0: Wow. And so you were what, 12 at the time?
2: I was. I was 12. I was in 7th grade. Mm-hmm. And as a girl in 7th grade, you're already kind of awkward. And then I had to have my head shaved. I wore a wig. I had to wear a helmet for a year to protect oh, my Oh, no.
1: uh, Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, that hmm. actually ended my track career. I didn't get back to athletics until later in life.
1: Oh, uh,
0: okay. So were you doing any other sports at the time?
2: No, that was it. I was, I was running a long-distance um track. Uh-huh. And, uh, that was it. I, I pretty much just, you know, stayed out of any physical activity until, (sighs) until later really in college, I started, you know, getting back to running and just doing some things for myself. And then it wasn't until my thirties that I started training and racing.
0: Okay. So you started off with running again when you got back to college or straight into triathlon?
2: No, I started running first, started running just for pleasure, just for health. And it was about, it was, um, I was in my thirties whenever I started to, you know, realize that I was could there could be more to it. I can get back to running for racing, and so I did. I, I signed up for my first race.
0: So, what do you think made you like from not doing anything after that incident? What what changed in your mind that you you like? Yeah, I can do this again.
2: Um, honestly, it was having four kids and working yeah. full time and having a husband and uh, <laughs> needing something for me, you know, yep. as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, that that time that I found for myself, I'd be a better mom, just a so, happier person.
0: Like, how long did it take you to get into triathlon after that?
2: So I I started running, and within the first year, I did my first marathon. I did a couple races in between. and After my first mm-hmm. marathon, I was injured, and I was just running so much, and um, running was so hard on my body that I I decided I needed to pick up some other disciplines. And um, I didn't know how to swim at all. I was 37 years old, and I had never put my face in the water to swim. So yeah. I, I figured it was time to do that. And once I figured that out, I decided I wanted to um, you know, go for my first triathlon.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Like like most of the people you see in triathlon, they just start off as, I mean, swimming is usually the biggest obstacle. Um mm-hmm. I think you were like very anxious in the water. You weren't just scared of swimming. Like you, you just couldn't put your head in the water, right?
2: Right. I would panic every time I put my face in the water. Yeah, and cool. once, I, once I mastered that in the pool, which was difficult, you know, with mm-hmm. triathlon, it's open water, which is a whole nother ballgame.
0: Exactly. So that's what I want to know. So how did you progress from not being able to put your head in the water to open water and not just like physically, but mentally as well?
2: Um, well, I'll be honest with you. My first couple of triathlons w- was more survival than swimming. And I was so nope. disappointed because I was making so much progress in the pool. And then I would get into a triathlon and I would not even swim. I would be doggy paddling. And uh-huh. I would be so frustrated because I knew I could swim, but I just could not get my face in the water. So I joined a group that would meet weekly for open water swims. And that is really what turned it around is I was just forced to get in the water, open mm-hmm. water every single week, at least once a week. And, you know, they really pushed me to overcome that
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so i really and how do you that's that's a big piece of advice i give a lot of people who struggle with the swimming is you just have to keep getting out there even in the the pool and open water the only way to get better at swimming is 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 to keep doing it and i I think with swimming you have to do it at least three times a week agreed
3: yeah i would agree with that if you guys can hear me
2: (laughs) hi robin hi
1: welcome robin
3: i I found another hilltop
2: You found a signal on the mountain.
3: Yes, I did find a signal on the mountain.
0: So, yeah, Jill, um, after you got into, like, how did you, how was your progression toward the triathlon? Did you start with the short distances? What was that like?
2: You know, I worked my way up through the distances, which I would recommend to really anyone. Um, I know some people go for their full gusto right off the bat, but it was such an incredible journey starting from sprint and super sprint and working my way up through the Olympic to the half, to the full. Um, I, I, you just learn so much at each distance and each distance challenges you in such a different way that I feel like you're so much more prepared for the next distance once you've mastered the one before it.
3: So what were your favorite mistakes along the way?
2: Um, well, transition is always a work in progress for me. And <laughs> it's funny because um, I was so good and quick in my transitions in the short distances. And when I moved up to, you know, um, the half and the full, your transitions are not quite as speedy. And then when I went back down to a sprint after the full, I forgot to be fast. <laughs> you know, like, you, and I was like, "Oh yeah, already around." He is like running from the water, and so um, I think transitions and, and so there's so much time lost in transition for people that they don't realize what it what they can make up if they you know master those.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially with with uh with short distance, you know, so you, you need yes. to be very, very fast in those. Yeah, absolutely. Yes,
2: you don't want to waste time there at all. And I think just being prepared too is key. I think um I guess I'm not a fly by the seat of your pants kind of girl anyway, but being prepared um ahead of time before the race and you know in transition makes a big difference.
3: So do you use checklists or how how what does being prepared look like for you?
2: I do. I do. I, I do have checklists and I, um, I prepare like a full week ahead. I have, you know, I have, and, and I use, I use my dining room and I just separate it into each discipline. And well, I think for Iron Man I actually use my upstairs room because there was so much to prepare for Iron Man. I use my workout room, but I just have, I divide it into three sections for each discipline and I just go through with my checklist and, you know, and I, I do it every night for the full week before so I can make sure that I'm prepared.
3: So has a kid ever walked off with anything fun from your uh, transition setup?
2: You know, no, but it was actually funny for my 50 miler recently, my cat did. My cat was knocking everything around. We have a new cat and he was in the middle of all of it. I have four children who have never touched my stuff. Believe it or the cat. <laughs> yeah, cats
3: and neoprene could be a bad combination.
2: <laughs> that could be, right?
0: <laughs> awesome. So one thing that's, you know, very prominent part of your life is RA. So just want to touch on that a little bit. Um, so for the people that aren't aware, what exactly is um, RA?
2: Um, you know, that's such a good question because I think that people assume RA because it has the word arthritis in it. It's just something that older people get. It's just arthritis when you have achy joints. And, you know, and, and every runner has achy joints, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I hopefully I've helped open up um people's idea of what RA and autoimmune disease is because it is just more than achy bones and joints. You know, I get, um, currently my body is covered right now in blisters. I have them in my mouth. I have them all over my legs. Um, um, I have mornings when, a walk, you know, I've had to shuffle from room to room to get my kids ready for school. Um, I don't sleep. Um, the medications that you're on as well, um, have a lot of side effects. I have, um, developed, developed Cushing syndrome because of the amount of steroids that I've been on daily for, for several years. Um, I've also developed osteoporosis and I'm, you know, I'm 42 years old, so I'm pretty young for full blown osteoporosis, which has led to many, um, bone breaks and stress fractures. Um, I, I also lead to other autoimmune issues. You know, I have hypothyroid, um, Raynaud's, I mean, you know, it just, it seems like I keep developing more and more autoimmune issues.
0: So when were you first diagnosed with it?
2: It was actually two weeks before my very first triathlon. Oh, Oh, wow. Right. And, and, you know, I had, I had actually been signed up for a race before and um, couldn't make it because of a bike accident. And so that took about seven months to recover from. And I was just getting ready for my, to, to finally make it to my first triathlon. And I had my first real um, severe flare. My body was covered in the rash. I couldn't walk. When I was going to the dermatologist, I could barely even walk into her office. And Mm -hmm. fortunately, the dermatologist is actually works very closely with a rheumatologist because a lot of autoimmune issues have skin issues as well. And so she called my rheumatologist right away and they sped up the testing process. And um, that's when I found out I had RA and... Unfortunately, he was able to put me on medication that allowed me to um, heal enough to do my first triathlon. Yeah.
0: So like, I'm sure Ari must have taken a while to get diagnosed. You, you must have had symptoms earlier as well, right?
2: Uh, yes. Actually, going back in hindsight, I had symptoms for several years without realizing. Um, uh-huh. I can go back as early as um, 2006 when I was pregnant with my second son. And I was hospitalized and in an intensive care. Um, and at the time, they were testing me for all the autoimmune disorders because it, it looked like autoimmune mm-hmm. disease, but I wasn't testing positive yet at that time. But you can have the symptoms before you can test positive. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until many years later and symptoms kept getting more and more severe. And I was being treated by all kinds of different medications and seeing different doctors and I was getting infusions and they just did not know what it was. And yeah. so it was a very frustrating few years, you know, and then it was in that time when you're seeing all these doctors, you can't find the reason. You start to think that you're a little crazy, you know, and, right. and, um, and that it's psychosomatic, you know, you think that it's all in your head. And um fortunately, I didn't give up. I knew there was something wrong and I had, a, you know, I came across finally a good team of doctors that found an answer for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can somewhat relate to that right now because I've been injured for the last year or so and no doctor has really been able to tell me what exactly is wrong. So you and I at times just think that it's in my mind. I've even been told that by a few doctors. So I yeah, I, I kind of understand. I mean you I, I've just been going through it for a year and you went through it for several years. So yeah, I can only imagine what that was like. So did you do your first race? What what was that like?
2: You know, after? I did. I and honestly I think that that my first race, I have accomplished so much. Since that first race, but that first race, um, I think I've probably never been so proud. I, yes. I cried for days. You know, it was just such an accomplishment <laughs> that I that I that I finally got you know to that point, and I was able to do it despite everything that I was going through. And I think that was probably the determining moment in my life when I when I decided that um, okay, I have this, I have RA, but I'm not going to let it stop me from doing something that I want. I'm not gonna let it hold me back, you know, and it and has, and, and since then it, it has slowed me down significantly and it has tried to stop me, um, and it has interfered, but, um, I, I don't let it change what I do and I don't let it change my mindset.
3: Do you find that the, the training makes your symptoms easier or does it exacerbate them or is it a little of both?
2: I can tell you it's, it's both. Um, I think that mentally it, it's good for me. It's better for me. I don't, um, you know, I think when you, I, I think in general, people, when they deal with severe pain, it's easy to give into and to wallow in, to become depressed, uh, and to mm-hmm. become inactive. And so I think that, um, mentally, it, it, it helps me immensely. Um, mm-hmm. physically, I do notice, um, I think, you know, I, I, I just said that my, I'm covered in blisters I have it in my mouth and I'm, I'm in a big flare. And I think it's because last week was my peak week for training for my, this race coming up. And so I notice when when I go through peak week and I put all that extra you know stress on my body I do notice my symptoms do get worse.
3: So maybe there's a sweet spot in there somewhere.
2: Probably in shorter distances. I'm just not ready to give up on <laughs> on my long distance dreams <laughs> yet.
0: So have you like noticed any sort of like, would would you have any practical tips or maybe something like that for someone who's dealing with an autoimmune disease or RA, like, nutrition-wise or
2: training-wise or anything like that? Um, I really think it's very important to to find, like, like you said, a sweet spot, moderation. Um, a lot of us are not good at that. I'm really not good at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's why we do triathlon, right? You know, or, or any endurance sport, you know? Um, so, I think... E- if I were to tell someone um, if they were recently diagnosed who was a triathlete or was into a- something athletic, I would tell them to continue but to do it in moderation um, Now that's you know we don't always follow our own advice but I think that um, you need to keep your body active but you need to you need to also prioritize getting your body into remission
3: right
1: Yeah and, and I, I think guess- it goes sorry go ahead. The-
2: Oh, I was going to say, I think for me, it's something that pushes me. One reason why I don't follow my own own advice there is because I worry that someday I won't be able to do this. You know, I worry that my time is limited that I may not, you know, that RA may get so severe that I don't have any option, but stopping. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have to do this while I can, if that makes sense.
3: Trying to fit it all in the time that you know you have.
2: Exactly. Like I I may not be able to do this forever. And, And as my RA is continuing to, to progress rather than get into remission that's possible you know so i feel like i well i can i want to do it all and that's why i'm you know i just did a 50 mile a couple weeks ago and now i'm rushing into another 100k i just want to do it you know do it all well i have the opportunity i want to live to the fullest
3: it's totally understandable yeah, that's yeah. I mean.
1: now that you mentioned moderation i was reading one of your instagram posts the other day and uh even though you say you you cannot moderate uh, I guess there, there, there was one sort of comment that you made that was very interesting about how you handle, even though you have to do a lot of training, obviously because you want to do uh, all of these uh, activities and races. There was one comment you made in terms of how you deal with that amount of training without making it feel like it's work. I'm not sure if you remember exactly what you said.
2: Um, I, I'm, on, I'm on your path, but tell me, tell me exactly what.
1: I think it was. It was, it was. in the lines of you know. Sometimes uh, we we obsess you now with uh, with with making the um, the trainings just mm-hmm. li- as as your coach or as your plan says. But uh, but then uh, you also mentioned you know, we also have a lot of uh, other sort of priorities and activities in our life, and uh, as long as you're consistent and you can spread your activities throughout your entirety of your time, then that should count as well as your training. So yes. instead of doing a five-hour bike or you know, uh, straight away, you, know, you just do one hour now. Then you go and take your kids to school. You come back. You do one hour and a half more. You make your food, uh, your lunch, whatever. So yeah, I think that was very, very interesting sort of um, comment that you made there.
2: Yeah. You know, that was actually a huge game changer for me in training, um, especially, you know, I learned that lesson hard in the Ironman. Um, there is nothing... In- not, I, I can't, I, so far, I have yet to encounter anything like that can compare to Ironman training. Um, mm-hmm. the intensity, the duration, it, it's just extremely intense. And, um, you know, I, I have a family of four kids. I have a husband. I have other obligations. And, um, the, there was just no way I could, I could do, go out and do a uh, five or six hour straight bike ride. Um, and so I learned that I would have to break it up, and I still got my workouts in. I I never, you know, skipped or shorted a workout. Mm -hmm. I just had to be more flexible, and boy, did that take the weight off my shoulders. You know, Before, I was so stressed, (laughs) and there was so much pressure, and I had to do it this way, and this this is the only way. This is the right way, and now, you know, I get it done however I can get it done.
0: What's been the craziest training day of session so far? Like a long
2: up. So I don't know if you followed along a day that it was when I was training for my 50 miler and oh, I had yeah. to do 26. Yes. And within that day, I had, um, I started early before everybody woke up and then I had to get all the kids to school. And um, I came back and I had to take my oldest to the orthodontist. And then he had to be rushed to the pediatrician for an ear infection. Came back, went to the pharmacy, got him his medication, kept running while I was out running, I got a call from the school that my kindergartner had an accident in the classroom and had to be taken to the ER. I took him and got him stitched up, brought him home, came home, and still kept running. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. so at that point, you know, I'm sure most people would be like, "You probably should have just called it a day." But I had invested so much, you know. I was like, "I'm just finished this run right at this point because I don't want to have to start all over." <laughs>
3: right. Get it done. That's the definition of get it done. I guess right there.
2: That's right.
3: Nice. That's a, you're a, you're an inspiration to moms everywhere.
2: <laughs> well, you, you know, when I first started um, even just running, I had a lot of friends who, um, you know, we all had young children. And, you know, they would say they, they didn't have the time. Some would be judgmental and harsh and say, oh, well, I spend time with my children rather than, you know, doing that." And, um, right. you know, and I just if you want it, you're going to find a way to do it. And, and you, I I mean, I have, there were many trainer rides, many swim sessions, many runs that I did, you know, after the kids were long in bed before they woke up. um It's just, you know, if you have 30 minutes to watch a TV show, you have 30 minutes to work out, you know, you can include your children. My children work out with me all the time. And since they were little, you can do it when they're on the stroller, when they hit, when they can ride a bike, you can run alongside them. You know, there's always a way if you want. Right. And I honestly, and honestly, it makes me a better mother. If I when I'm injured, I'm stressed, and I'm my wire, you know, my wire's a lot shorter, my fuse is <laughs> shorter, and so, you know, not only does it make me a better mom, but I'm t- I, I'd like to think I'm a better example for them as well.
3: Yes, yep. I, th- I think uh, that Ironman training could be like the key to patience for moms everywhere. Just give them all an Ironman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know that experience, my kids. I mean, it, it I don't know how soon I'll be doing another one as much as I would love to, just because I, because it is um, very taxing on your family. Um, right. But every, you know, my husband, all four of my children, they were all, all five of them were such an integral part of my training that when I, I really believe when I crossed that finish line and they were there with me, they earned that medal just as much as I did. And I think they felt that way too. It was definitely a, a family success, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a pretty awesome role model for for kids to have uh, a mom doing something so intense.
2: I hope so. I hope, you know, you, you hope they see those things.
0: <laughs> so how old are they right now?
2: They are um, 12, 10 and a half, seven and six. Uh, okay. Wow. Yes. So and I, I like to think, you know, not only am I showing them how strong of a woman I can be, but I believe that, you know, that I'm showing them what to look for in a future wife as well, mm-hmm. you know, and what, and what, what they can hopefully, you know, look for with, you know, a strong, healthy, independent, never give up, you know, woman for, for themselves.
1: Well, I think you, you have, I think you have placed a seed right there, no, it's going to grow. I think, uh what, I, mean, I think all of us, we learn so much, Whatever we learn, uh, especially at those uh, early stages in life, is, is whatever we have at home, yeah. right? So, and uh, I think this, I think your kids are very privileged in the sense that uh, I'm not sure what's the percentage of kids in the world that can say, my mom is an iron woman, right? <laughs> and they sort of, obviously for them, it becomes, uh, it becomes like a the bar that you need to, to go all over, and you know, for them, it's like normal. Yeah, yeah, you know, my mom is an Iron Man; it's, uh, it's just fine. Like it just becomes the norm, right? And, and that, mm-hmm. I think that uh, that brings uh, that sort of thinking into other parts of their life as
2: well. I agree, I agree. And you know, I know they're very proud. I mean, when I go up to their school, they'll ask if I can wear my Iron Man shirt. You know, they they're very proud when anybody asks them about it. <laughs> you know
3: well and they can carry that you know the the times they're biking when you're running they they carry that athleticism forward just into all other realms of their life too
2: they do and you know um they've all the the youngest is not yet because he just turned six and he's just now able to but the other three have all done triathlon and they've even Uh done open water swimming triathlon that's fantastic yeah and and so you know they're they're Growing up with a lifestyle that I, you know, I didn't grow up with that way. Um and I think a lot of the parents in the '80s, they weren't really fitness oriented, like like our generation is now. Um, right. Like more more work driven. I think you know where where um, we're more health conscious and fitness conscious. And so um, I think our children are growing up even more so. That is, if we can get them away away from electronics, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. Well, it's one way to get them out: get them on
2: their bikes or get them. Yeah. Uh,
3: get them on there, out on the running trails or just out doing something.
2: Yes. And that's what we do. We, we are, we are an outdoor family. We are, and we are hiking all the time. You know, follow, if you follow me on Instagram, you see my kids are always, we're always out hiking. They'll hike nine miles, 10 miles, you know? Wow. They're pretty tough.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Grow them up tough and then they can kind of face anything.
2: That's right. And you know, as, as well, going through the journey of, of, of triathlon, you you learn so much about yourself and there's such a strength there that, that really you do take into your life and and it prepares you for so much that can happen that I feel like the kids are going to be, you know, better problem solvers. And, um, I think there, I think there's a lot to that.
0: Definitely. So how do you think your mindset came about? Like, you know, like whatever's thrown at you, you always just, you, you, you don't wonder whether it's possible. You just wonder how you can do it. So how do you develop that sort of mindset? Was it before you started the sport? Did triathlon play a role in it?
2: Um, Honestly, I really think when I was 12 and I got hit in the shot put, I think that that changed my life, um, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, But I think that I learned very young to be a survivor. And I think I, you know, even then, um, I think people who knew me then would tell you, I mean, I was back in school in two weeks. You know, I I was in the hospital for one week. I was at home for one week. I was begging to go back to school. Um, and the doctors couldn't believe it, you know, but I wanted, I wanted to be, I wanted to be back in everything. And I, you know, they, I always had a smile on my face. I always, you know, I guess I just learned to be a fighter and that I, crazy things have happened to me. I know my story must sound insane to people yeah. at times, you know, um, cause it sounds insane to me. Um, and I, I think I could, I think I could say, you know, of course I could get into moments of why me. Or oh, I'm so unlucky. But I like to think of it, like wow, how lucky am I? You know, like I have survived these things.
0: What do you think is the most challenging thing you've overcome? Um, like race, training day, surgery, or anything?
2: So I, you know, um, RA, obviously, I would think of number one because it's a yeah. continuing, a continuing thing. But um, when I had my bike accident when I was first training, I don't, I can't even explain why, but. Um, it, it really, I think, it, it, especially in the, the sport world for me, it impacted me the most. Um, it was a very uh, difficult, um, uh, I guess, injury. You know, they, it was, it, my um, collarbone shattered, and they had to repair that. And then I ended up getting adhesive capsulitis in my shoulder. And it just took, uh, and probably because of my RA, I don't heal like normal people do. So it took a very long time to recover. Um, and still to this day, I am terrified on the bike. And um, I think my dream for Iron Man is what pushed me to get to, I can't even say get through the fear because I've never gotten through the fear. I was terrified, I'm terrified I time I get on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified the entire time that I was on the bike from Iron Man. I mean, when I got off of the bike at Iron Man, everyone laughed around in the crowd because I screamed, I did it and I didn't fall. I feel like I was just so, <laughs> like I, and I've only been outside on the bike once since Iron Man. So in the, in the last year, I rid my bike outside one time. I did this. Yeah, I was going to ask if
3: you, uh, if you train much outside on the roads.
2: No, I, I, for Iron Man, I probably cha- trained 95, 97% um, on my indoor trainer.
3: I just have um, to say, I love your indoor training room decor.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's really easy to go in there, you know, which I think is important when you have a, a space
3: yep. is
2: you, you want to have somewhere that you want to go.
3: I feel like you're just keeping your goals, like totally in your line of sight at all times.
2: And I think they need to be in your face. And I, I'm somebody who, I have to have a goal. I do. And, I, you know, before I cross the finish line, I have my mind set on my next goal. That's just how I've always been. I'm always goal-oriented. I have to have something to go for.
3: So uh, I'm kind of curious, like, what is the most challenging thing about training where you live? And what's the best thing about it?
2: Well, okay, so I live in Houston. And I think the majority of the population would say that the weather was challenging with the heat and humidity. But Mm -hmm. I actually think, for me, it's um, a strength. I actually, and maybe because, partially because my RA does not do very well in the cold. How oh, hot like, does all, it get there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets a, over 100 degrees with 100% it's humidity. Humid.
3: <laughs> yeah, Horrible.
2: It's, yeah, I mean, people can't breathe, you
3: know? Dear Lord. Uh, I lived in Texas
0: for a few years when I was like a little kid. I don't remember anything about it though.
2: Oh, you lived here?
0: Yeah, like for like more than three years, I think.
2: Oh, well, that's, that's cool. Uh, the weather, I think like, most people would say... Um, for me, I think, I don't feel like Texas is a very bike-friendly state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are not bike lanes. There, um, people are not, drivers are not very, you know, conscious of bikers. Um, so I don't like to get out um, on the roads. Even, I think if I, even if I didn't have my fear from my accident, I'm still nervous of, of um, you know, like when I've gone to Colorado, Oh, my goodness. It's like a bike haven, you know? Everybody's on bikes. Yes. And in, in Europe was the same way, too, when I've been to Europe. Everyone's on bikes. Everyone, you know, yields to bikers. It's just there's no frustration. There's no annoyance. It's just like how life is. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. It is. And I, I think that's a big challenge for, for all triathletes and cyclists here in Texas.
3: mm. So when you do when you do a race and you get on your bike and and you're on the actual road, does it feel significantly different cuz you haven't done too many road miles?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, and I don't recommend that to anyone else because <laughs> y- you do need bike handling skills.
3: You right. Do.
2: And um, you know, I'm just not as prepar- prepared for um, you know, uh gosh, Ironman oh, Texas. Yes, I the it wind makes you more
0: you prepared for it than physical. Right?
2: Exactly. And, and the the um The wind, you know, you can't, you just can't replicate that, those outdoor conditions. And the wind at Ironman Texas was so challenging that whenever I was going downhill from an overpass into the wind, I was going eight miles an hour.
3: Still peddling.
2: Still peddling. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, you know, that was defeating. (laughs) I mean, I could be on the bike forever because I would, I would do, you know, I do a lot of indoor training with, um, on the treadmill, of the bike, you know, and, and uh, for hours, you know, I've done, I've done a marathon on the, tr- on the treadmill before I've been on the trainer for seven plus hours. You know, I, I can do the time. Oh, that's, man, that's a nightmare.
3: That is my definition of nightmare.
2: <laughs> and see, to me, it's not because I'm safe. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to, you know, get hit by a car.
3: <laughs> right. That I is that. And that, crazy and stuff. I, so
2: I you know, mental fortitude is my strength. If my body could keep up with my mental fortitude, I would be, you know, a world That's champion. Good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, and wind is so much more demoralizing on the bike than hills, I think.
2: Yeah, oh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: you I mean, can I'm picture so the wind like uh like a hill that doesn't have a downside.
3: Yeah, so me. what about the the best thing about where you live?
2: Um I probably would have to say the weather because you can train year round, you know. So I think for people can say it's the best and the worst part about it um, <laughs> because you really can train outdoors all the you know, every single month of the year. Right. And, you know, I live near a lot of um, a lot of parks, state parks mm-hmm. and local parks and things like that that have a lot of great places to run. You know, mm-hmm. Um, and you could, you know, you could almost swim year round outside here it does get a little bit too cold this winter we had kind of a crazy winter it was colder than normal but um you know you can you can be outdoors all the time and that's a huge advantage
1: indeed i think talking about challenges jill i think um I think you mentioned you know, like this bike accident you had i think there's mm-hmm. also a challenge that you I, I saw again on another of your posts on instagram I saw the picture, it looks beautiful. Obviously, I started to look at the picture, but the, as I started reading the, the the caption, I said, this must be the biggest challenge any person could ever face. And it was, I think you were swimming in Hawaii or something, and then you say, no, this is a very beautiful swim. And suddenly, I had to turn my swim into a run because uh. I came up with a shark.
2: Yes, yes, yes. There were just when there were people screaming at us, and I, you know, I don't know what they're screaming at, you know. And I turn around and literally fins right behind me.
0: Whoa.
2: But what's My funny God. is I, I did, what's funny is I didn't swim out of the water though. I ran. <laughs> like, I would have been a lot faster had I swam, but I just panicked. and I'm like running through the water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you handled that very, very well.
2: Yeah, that was, um, Nothing like swimming in Hawaii. So I have to tell you that, you know, that was another challenge when I. Um, so instead of making it to Kona for the Ironman are very slim. <laughs> so I've actually gone to watch to spectate the last two years. And the first year I tried to swim the Kona course. That was my dream. I wanted to swim the Kona course. You know, being a new being new to swimming. I mean, what achievement would that be? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I got out there and I was so seasick. The swells were so big that I could see nothing but water around me. And I started vomiting violently in the water and got very sick and dizzy and disoriented. And actually, there was a lady from Australia. Her son was racing and she was like an angel. She had happened to swim out from her hotel and just happened to be out there swimming. And she was gonna swim me in, and the sweet little old lady offered for me to get on her back to swim. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> I, I know I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But wow. She, she talked me to the shore, you know, because at that point I was crying, I was throwing up, I was, you know, panicking, because I, I I I felt so awful. So she she talked me all the way to the shore, and uh, of course then I had to walk. Um All the way back to my hotel you know a little demoralized for not being able to finish it so the next year i went back and i took dramamine and i was like i'm going to do it and i did and it was incredible
3: it's beautiful of course
2: uh, was
3: the second year as choppy
2: uh yes it was actually um but i i think just you know because i'd taken the medication that had helped just helps yeah I mean there's nothing like the, the Kona course is just amazing and you didn't even really have to sight you can see to the bottom you can sight off the bottom of the ocean you know it's so beautiful and um and to say that I you know swam the Kona course and to know that I did it was um you know it feels pretty incredible.
3: Yeah that's a pretty pretty awesome achievement just in its own right.
2: Right. And I you know if I don't succeed at something I'm going to keep doing it until I do. You know, so <laughs> Fortunately, I don't get to go to, you know, I did it on the second time because I don't get to go to Hawaii all the time, so right. I, got that. I got that done.
3: Yeah, and there's nothing like a, you know, a, an Ironman course where people are throwing up in the water. <laughs> right, right. It's pretty hard.
2: Well, and, you know, Ironman Texas is in a lake, a small, you know, it's not a very big lake. So um, I, now people complain about it because I guess they think it's gross or I actually love my Ironman Texas swim, too. Um, and a lake swim is much different than an ocean swim. And when you drink water, drinking salt water is a lot different than drinking lake water.
3: Yeah. But not all lake swims are easy. I mean, uh, Utah oh. got shut down because the, the lake there was, you know, just horrible several years in a row.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, lake Woodlands is not a very big lake.
3: Where I Texas think, is? I
2: mean, yeah, the, the one here in, in Texas is not very big. But people complain about that because, um, you know, the crowd. You're always on top of each other. And you actually, to finish, you have to go down a canal, a very narrow canal. So mm-hmm. it's really crowded, and there are a lot of people, you know. Actually, there was a man who passed away on a swim course this, this past year.
3: That's not unusual. No.
2: Uh, Heart attack. Coeur Florida.
3: There's been, there's been several uh, mm-hmm. in the course.
2: Yeah. And I just want to tell people about, about um, you know, even people who have grown up as, as swimmers, triathlon swimming is not the same as swimming. It's not for is the faint of heart at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like 90% survival out there, you
3: know. Yeah, I've done open water swim races even. They're really different than triathlon starts. It's so much more mellow. Triathlon is kind of brutal. It's kind of terrifying. It
2: is. Well, and people get, you know, I don't know, people can get pretty aggressive out there.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just a lot more type A, I think.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think right. yeah people pulling so- at you and over you and, you know, just trying to get... And, you know, I don't think out of maliciousness, but just trying to get ahead, you know.
0: So for so someone like you who's, you know, anxious um, when swimming, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that?
2: Um, well, like I said before, <laughs> I, I wasn't swimming before. You know, I was doggy paddling, keeping my head above, just trying to breathe because, you know, it, it was, um, it's just so intense. And I know when I did one of my hardest swims of all my triathlons it was actually a super sprint. So it was the shortest distance. I, can't, I think it may be two or three hundred yards or meters. <laughs> But you know, the thing is, is the pack never thins. Oh, so it's, right. It's chaos the entire time. And I got kicked in the nose and blacked out and started to go under. And as I was like, you know, daisy in and out, um, one of the lifeguards comes to get me. I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm going to make it. But okay, that, was, <laughs> that was an intense, crazy. And that was, I honestly think that was harder than my Ironman swim. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what was your Ironman swim strategy? Like kind of where did you put yourself and, and how did you mentally get through it with that kind of going into it?
2: Uh, so I feel like in a swim, your strategy goes out the window quite a bit because you don't know <laughs> what's going to happen on the swim. You don't know who you're going to be near, you know? Um, and I, 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 I actually tried to be, you know, I started, um, at the back and I tried to kind of keep to the outer edge, but. You know, I actually ended up swimming all over the place and swimming much farther than I needed to swim. It's a 2.4-mile swim. I think I swam almost three miles. (laughs) And when I got out of the water, I was, I mean, you should have seen my smile. I was so proud of myself. And that set, and I'm glad I didn't know to the end, but that set me up for the rest of my race. Like, it gave me confidence on the bike. and made me feel like I could really do this. I thought I kicked butt on the swim. And at the end, my physical therapist is the one who gave me my um, medal at the end. And he had my stats pulled up for me. And whenever I'm looking at my stats, I was like, oh, that was the worst swim ever. <laughs> but, but I thought it was awesome you know, because I swam <laughs> so much further than I needed to.
3: Well, I think it's hard. The Ironman swim has got to be one of the hardest to actually swim the correct distance just because of the people and the, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're not alone in swimming more than 2.4 miles.
2: Right, right. Well, and, um, you know, I think the swim is what scares people the most. Um, right. Right. For me, it's not. It's um, and it, you know, you would think it would since I learned so late in life to swim. But for me, it's it's still the bike, and and there are so many unknowns on a bike. I mean, flat tires, crashes, you know, water bottles from others flying in front. Of you. I mean, there's just so many uncontrollables, and maybe that's hard for for me. You know, with my personality, is I I can't control what's going to happen on the bike. Yeah. You know, and and that that's that's tough. You don't know what to expect, and it's the longer portion, so you have more time for things to go awry. For sure. Uh, yeah, I've 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 grown to love the swim, and I don't have the fear um, in open water. I, I or any of really any of that fear. I, I've pretty much overcome the fear in the water. And like I said, I think that's just from getting in all the time. And maybe that's my problem with the bike. You know, maybe yeah. I, because I don't get out all the time that I'm 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 not overcoming it like I did the water.
3: Well, it sounds like that's a pretty big challenge where you're at.
2: It is. It is. But you just gave me like this big revelation. <laughs> You know, because I I think, you know, I think that is how I overcome, came so much of the fear of the water is just by doing it so much. And I don't have that same opportunity on the bike. Right. You travel. Yes. Although, you know, I've never traveled with my bike. I mean, I travel maybe an hour or two hours for, for um, group rides, Mm -hmm. but I've never, I've never traveled. I've never done a traveling, a race. I've never traveled for a triathlon. They've all been local.
3: Oh, do you have any plans to?
2: Um, I don't know. You know, it's kind of hard logistically with my family. You know, to 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 do to do that to to travel and take that time away, take even more time away. Right. Maybe once they get older. I mean, I would love to do more Ironman in, in different locations.
0: I'm sure you can decide on one in Australia, so you can visit here.
2: I would so <laughs> love to do one in Australia, but isn't that the one with the really hard hill?
0: Yeah, there are a couple, and the swims are great because there are many sharks around so they usually cancel a lot so but yeah, yeah there's
3: actual sharks there, like real live big sharks ugh. yeah
2: yeah i could do without sharks and i could do it without really large hills <laughs> I, that, so you know what that's actually a big disadvantage here that's probably the biggest where i live is very flat so uh, when i ha- when i have um traveled for running races like i i did um Mountain race in Copper Mountain, Colorado, this past summer, and there was no way I could prepare for that Mm. here. You know, um, it is just really, really flat. So even, even so, where I live, um, my 50 miler um, was—it's pretty close here, maybe 45 minutes to an hour north. And even that elevation, um, I ended up climbing 4,500 feet, which is huge because I don't even climb 50 feet around where I live when I run. (laughs) So. (laughs) So I'd probably say that 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 would have to be a a pretty huge disadvantage because I don't have hills (laughs) or elevation or elevation. No, we're almost sea level.
3: Lots of oxygen.
2: Yes. Except high humidity.
0: (laughs) I just have this one question for you, which I haven't been able to get to um, before we wrap things up. Um, So, like, you know, you deal with so much throughout your day um, and. You know, you could, like with RA, you could be doing all the right things. You could be eating well. You could be paying attention to the little details. And yet on any given day, um, you can just have a random flare up or something like that. So mm-hmm. what's your mindset like on those particular days where, you know, things just get too overwhelming? Um,
2: You know, I, I, I think I just don't let it get that way. I, you know, I, but I don't think I have a choice either, being a mom of four kids. You know, um, I, I don't have, and, and, and that's probably good for me because I don't have the ability to lay down in bed all day long when I need to. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I can't, um, I can't just, you know, wallow and, and give in to the pain. I have to get up. I have to take care of my family. Um, yeah.
0: like So you don't have any other alternatives.
2: Right. I, I don't have a choice. And I don't give myself a choice either, to be honest with you. You know, and, I, and maybe that's why I need to have a goal all the time because I need something that while my kids are at school or I have time that I don't say, Oh, I'm going to go lay down and take a nap or, Oh, I'm going to go. Which I do take naps. Don't get me wrong. You know, I do need those too, but <laughs> I, I need something that, that, you know, that I, I can't, I can't use it as an excuse.
0: So what's next?
2: Uh, April 7th. I have a hundred K my first hundred K so I'm going to try to earn my first buckle. Uh-huh.
3: 100K, But wow. so will you wear the buckle? That's the question. Will you wear the no, buckle?
2: No, I won't, but I will hang it proudly. <laughs> it's a buckle with an alligator on it, you know? I don't know if I wear that very well. Well, you're
3: in Texas, you can legitimately wear a buckle.
2: You could legitimately wear a buckle. I, I, I don't know if I could legitimately pull off wearing a big buckle with an alligator on it, but... <laughs> you have to find the right outfit, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I would definitely, you know, show it off proudly. I, uh, my last, my last race was the 50 miler was pretty close. You know, I finished with only that was last place and I had six minutes to spare. Um, this race is I only have one more hour and 12 more miles. So, yeah, that's a tough margin. It is. So I don't wow. know. Now, you know, we had really bad weather. Um, there was a big course and elevation difference. Um, I had, was you know i twisted my ankle on a root while i was there and spent some time in the um you know medic tent so i'm hoping that all these little things will give me you know add the up that i need yeah i hope so i mean what's the worst that could happen i could spend the day out having fun doing what i love that is a good way to look at it and like i said if i don't do it i'll do it again until i do fantastic
0: all right so just the last question why do you try
2: um I think I, I think we to being
0: cliche. Before that, I want to ask you about your, um, you know, your Instagram following. Uh, Charles' question, um, Charles, why don't you ask it? Uh,
1: so you have almost twenty seven thousand Instagram followers, right? Which is mm-hmm. a, a little bit more than I, uh, Robin and Swap Neil combined. A little bit more. <laughs> right. So, uh, how does that make you feel?
2: Um, you know. I- I guess um, it's unbelievable the following that I have, and I don't always understand why, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm very honored, and um, I feel privileged to have so many people a part of my journey, and I can tell you that um, how my followers inspire me so much and um, motivate me, you know, there are times when I'm out there, and I feel like I can't let them down, you know, I have to do this, I, I don't want to disappoint them, I don't want them, you know, and, and, you know, honestly, people have told me that I give them hope that they can do it. So I, I I, I want to continue to do so. And I want them to think I want to help others believe that they can do whatever it is that they're aspiring to do.
0: Yep. So back to that question. Why do you try?
2: Uh, I'm going to be cliche and I'm going to say that it has a lot to do with my children. Um, I want them to see me as strong. But I'm going to say, too, that I try for me. You know, I think. I think that um, it may sound selfish, um, but it is something that I'm very proud of myself for having the ability and the opportunity to be able to do. And um, I, I think it makes me, I, I really believe that since I've found triathlon, I have found a strength that I have never known that I've had. And I think that makes me a better a better wife to my husband. Exactly. Mom, so it's
0: children. not selfish.
2: And I hope, I hope I would... it's not completely selfish.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, where can everyone find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at IronwillIronJill and also on Facebook at the same IronwillIronJill. And you can also follow me on Strava if you want to see what I'm doing every day for my workouts.
0: Great. All right, everyone, be sure to check her world out. She's easily one of the most positive, raw, and honest people out there in the triathlon world. And what I love about her the most is that she just doesn't take no for an answer and eliminates all kinds of excuses. And that's not only for herself, but also for everyone else out there. You've been injured multiple times? Well, she's had many number of surgeries. You have a big family, kids, and no time to train? Well, she has four young boys herself. You have an illness? Well, she's got a chronic disease. And it's this mindset and attitude of optimistically dealing with whatever's been thrown at her that we find so infectious and inspiring. Once again, thanks a ton, Jill, for taking the time to share your story with us. And thank you to my co-host, Robin and Charles. And finally, a big thank you to all of you listening. It means a lot to us. And yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Strava. You can find us at Humans of Triathlon to stay tuned for future guests and episodes. And if you already follow us there, make sure to drop by the post and let us know how you like the episode. Till next time my friends, stay awesome and keep trying.